0: clean code, career advancement, and more. I'm John Calloway.
1: I'm Clayton Hunt. And I'm John Ash. With us today is Kent C. Dodds. Kent is a Remix co-founder, JavaScript engineer, and teacher. He's also active in the open source community.
2: He likes his family, JavaScript, and Remix. Welcome, Kent. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here.
3: So uh, before we jump into the meat of things, uh, would you give our listeners a little more of an introduction to yourself? You know, perhaps talking about how you got started in the industry?
2: Sure. Yeah, I I can. I'll give you the cliff notes version of that. Um, I went to school at Brigham Young University, where I just wanted to do electrical engineering, Uh, realized that I'm really bad at math, Um, bounced around a couple other degrees until I uh, and I took programming classes. And I was like, this is the worst. Uh, Whoever (laughs) in their right mind would sit in front of a computer for eight hours a day. Uh, and so I, I bounced around, uh, eventually landed in information systems, thought I was going to do something with like business intelligence or maybe management or something like that. Um, and then was given a, a monkey task that I automated with uh, a program that I wrote. And I was like, wow, actually computers can be fun. It's not just about linked lists and stuff. Um, and so, <laughs> um, so that's where I, I kind of turned programmer, um, was when I realized that software is practical. Um, and so then. Um, I bounced around a couple of different companies, um, from like, while I was still at school for internships. And then as soon as I graduated, had to uh, bounce around a couple places. Um, my last, um, company that people would be familiar with is PayPal. Uh, I was there for three years, then, uh, uh, quit that to do full-time teaching for three years and then, uh, joined up with Remix, um, where I've been since November. So it's been like six or seven months now. Cool.
3: How did, how did you get started with Remix? What, what kind of drew you in?
2: Um, so Michael and Ryan, uh, Michael Jackson, Ryan Florence, um, they created React Router like eight, something like seven or eight years ago. Um, and uh, they've been working on that for a long time. They uh, subsidized their open source work with training, with React training. Um, and uh, they've been good friends of mine for a really long time um and even though we're technically com- competitors because <laughs> I was teaching uh react as well um but uh um when the pandemic hit um their business was uh, primarily focused around in person training um my business was primarily focused around uh remote training um and courses and so their business tanked my business flourished and um and so uh they had to figure out okay what are we going to do now um and they decided to um to do what they've been wanting to do for a really long time and that's build a framework and and uh build basically like how about we write software and get paid for it um was what, their idea <laughs> like what a novel idea um and so they uh what they ended up creating was Remix, and through the whole process of their development, um, Michael and Ryan would reach out to me and say, "Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that?" Because we were close friends, and they uh, were working on this, wanted feedback from somebody who had, you know, I've deployed Re- React apps to millions of users all over the world, um, so they appreciated my feedback, and um, and I was just really blown away by what they were putting together. Um, and so when they did finally release a developer preview, um, for which you had to, to purchase a license. Uh, I grabbed a license as soon as I possibly could, um mm-hmm. uh, because like i I knew that this was um like legit and um and I rebuilt my personal website in remix and um my intuitions were totally correct, and remix is amazing um it was I' w- never been so productive um in in what became a severely over-scoped project. Um, uh, some people will say that my blog is over They are wrong. <laughs> it is just over-scoped. <laughs> it, is, it is perfectly engineered for the scope that I gave it. Um, and, and my intent was, uh, I'd already been full-time teacher for like two and a half years by that time. And when I went full-time teacher, I was like, okay, I've got to make sure I do something real uh, at some point so that I like... You know, keep myself um, up to date and stuff. and so the, that was the intent is like, hey, let's build this really big uh, project um, that uh, is like a real world thing, the sort of thing that I'd build when I was at PayPal, just to test all the new stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that was mm-hmm. that was why I scoped it the way that I did. like it's It's got um, a podcast where you can log in as a user, you record your uh, like a question in the browser. And then I can record a response and then that turns into a podcast episode. (laughs) Um, So like, this is not a developer blog as much as everybody or, or not everybody, but like some people like to think that it is, uh, it's like a legit app, um, with, um, like three products that I could probably turn into products that people would pay for. Um, so anyway, uh, I was just blown away by how productive I was at building like a real thing with remix and, um, And so that's basically all I wanted to do was teach people how to uh, build Remix apps. And Ryan and Michael said, hey, that sounds great. How about you do that with us? And um, and that's how I ended up joining with Remix.
3: Very cool. So so what are you doing with Remix? What's like a typical day for you over there?
2: Yeah, so I am the uh, director of developer experience, um, and they brought me on as a, a co-founder, even though they technically founded the company like a year before I joined. Um, but um, I, I'm technically co-founder, I guess. Cool. <laughs> um, and my job is um, over all of the things that the uh, developers like the touch points for developers. Um, so that goes into the CLI, the documentation, the education strategy, marketing strategy, um, the like. Um, building the website, uh, the meetups uh, there. We've got 11 meetups and, and growing all over the world. Uh, and the conference that we just ran like two weeks ago. And like, I could talk about this at length, but <laughs> Remix has grown at an outrageous uh, pace um, because we just open sourced like six months ago and we had over 300 people at a conference. Like n- you've never seen that before ever. Um, it, and, uh, and with the meetups and everything. So I, I'm responsible for like the community growth, um, the Discord, um, every, everything as your experience as a developer, that's my responsibility.
0: So it sounds like you've got your hands full over there. For our listeners that maybe aren't as familiar, what what is Remix?
2: Yeah, great question. Probably good to establish at some point. Um, so Remix is a web framework um, that is is laser focused on a excellent user experience and the web foundations, which provides an excellent developer experience. And so like the some of the real value propositions of remix um are that we are able to take the mental model that we had for building for the web uh like a decade ago or even back in the late nineties um and m- remix it with the modern tech that we have today um and so the the mental model of like back then was way easy like you you never you maybe had uh client side javascript um which means that if like, if your app works without client-side JavaScript, that means there's no state management to think of um, when it comes to, like, it's all just request-response, and now your your state management li- is is your database. <laughs> like, that is, that is your store of data. Um, when you bring in a, a heavy client-side library, now you're having to think about the cache of that database uh, that's living in the browser, and you have to keep it up to date and synchronize and all that. That's enormously complicated, and that's why... Um veterans who have been around the web for a long time are just like lamenting how hard it is to build websites these days because they're all of that stuff that we have to think about. So Remix manages to uh to manage all of that for you so that uh, as you're building your web application, um, you're think you're just thinking about request response. Um and then we of course we do have JavaScript in the browser because we can provide a better user experience with that. Um and 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 um, but even in that scenario, you don't have to think about application state management, uh, which is basically like half of the code that anybody uh, writing front-end apps uh, is worried about. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's what Remix is, web framework. Uh, right now, it, uh, we only support React, but we will definitely support Vue and Angular and, and others in the future, um, in actually the relatively near future. Um, and uh yeah, the objective is just to um, make developers more productive at building excellent user experiences
1: so is is remix a single page application web framework or is it a server side framework or what what kind of framework is it
2: yeah great question it's um uh it's kind of like a new breed i guess we we call it center stack uh so it is uh, it's, it's like a, a remix of multiple page applications and single page applications. So, so, and just the best of both. Um, and so, yeah, every, like as the user navigates uh, or, or as the user lands on your page, that's going to be server rendered, um, completely and then progressively enhanced with JavaScript. Um, and then as the user navigates around, those are going to be client side transitions. Um, so that they're super fast. You can do animated transitions. You can manage focus, all of that stuff. Uh, that you can't do with the uh, MPAs. Um, and so, yeah, we take the the goods from both. Um, and so, yeah, we call it Center stack because Remix manages the network tab for you, uh, where I, I don't know of any other frameworks that do that, um, that completely manage the the network tab for you. You either have um, Rails or Laravel on the back end uh, taking care of all the back end, like rendering HTML for you, and then leaving, um, you know, if you want to hydrate that, then you have to kind of duplicate those templates in, on the uh, in whatever client side framework of choice, um, and uh, and then you've got like the Next and Gatsby's of the world that um, are um, you know, just client side, and they just leave the backend completely up to you, and you're just hitting API routes and stuff. Um, Remix uh, manages both sides of the network um, for you, and, and uh, it's you know in a really seamless experience, so you don't have to have the template duplication from that you need from backend frameworks, uh, but you also get the um, uh, focus management, animated transitions, and all of that from uh, that you typically get from front-end frameworks.
1: So, when you're when you're writing a Remix application, are you writing it as if it were server side or writing it as if it were client side? Like, are you importing your favorite Material components and just using those, or are you? I, I wouldn't even know how to describe it. Like, what's the what's the mindset when you're writing it? Because you know, traditionally, server-side is a lot different than, than client-side because you have completely different things that you can actually access.
2: Yeah, yeah, precisely. So uh, in Remix, we have what we call route modules that um, are the the javascript files that you have and they export uh conventions um for different uh or we have a convention for the things that you can export and uh the route module is uh that has a default export that is your react component uh or like i said in the future it could be other framework uh, components uh, that is what you want to have rendered when this uh, route is active and um and so that's going to run both on the server side for the server render, as well as on the client side for hydration to make things interactive. Uh, and so that's where you can totally use material UI or whatever else you want to use, uh, provided that it can server render. Um, now, you can absolutely just client render some stuff as well. So if you're just like, ah, you know, I'm, uh, I've am i got this really complicated canvas thing or whatever, we can't server render that. You can totally um, have a client um, only thing uh, that works. Um but then uh, another thing that you get to export um, is uh, called a loader, and that's for loading your data. And Remix is responsible for calling that both on the server render, but is uh, also on client transitions as the user's navigating between these different routes. And uh, to drastically simplify things, um, that loader only runs on the server. And so on the server render, Remix like literally just calls a function. Um, but on the um, as the tr- client is transitioning, uh, Remix will actually make an API call um, to your server, and it will say, "Hey, I need that loader's data," and the loader will run. And so, in any case, um, when you're think- thinking about uh, loading data, you can absolutely do a fetch to your like backend, to your .NET REST API or whatever. Like that totally works. You stick that in your loader. We polyfill fetch for you uh, on Node. Or you can run Remix in Deno or Cloudflare Workers or uh, you know, any environment JavaScript runs, uh, pretty much Remix can run. Uh, and so um, you could literally just do a fetch to your uh, downstream APIs, uh, or you can talk directly to the database because it's all just running on the server. And so you don't need to worry about leaking private keys or, or uh, like the fact that you just can't connect to a database on the client. Um, because that's all happening on the server. Uh, and then another thing that you can export is an action, and that handles your mutations. So uh, the user fills in a form, they hit uh, submit, and um, uh, your action will be called, and now you can talk directly to the database or make another uh, fetch call downstream, and the action only runs on the server as well, and Remix manages uh, getting the user's input into your action so that you can um do whatever mutation that you wanted to do Uh, and and, um, on top of that um, remix will also ensure that when a mutation is made um, the ui uh, data uh, for the like like your client side app uh, will update and revalidate automatically and so this is part of why you don't need to think about um state management is because in the remix world uh remix really is just a browser emulator um, because like the, the default behavior of the browser is to take that form submission and say, Hey, server, like here's some data and the server sends back a redirect, or it'll send back then an HTML and the browser will just render that. And that HTML, uh, that it eventually gets is all going to be completely up to date. Um, and so that's kind of what Remix does. Uh, you make this submission and, um, when that comes back, Remix will go revalidate the data for you. So, um, uh so you don't have to think about uh state management and uh, makes that kind of nice um, and it's the same mental model as like the late stuff or, or old stuff um but uh um with the the power of the the modern tech like I said earlier um and uh yeah so when when you're working on it uh you're working in the loader you know that you're working on the server you're working in the action same thing when you're working in your component you're thinking about okay does this component server render if it doesn't, then I need to make sure that it it doesn't server like so uh if it's accessing window or local storage or something like that i need to make sure i don't render this on the server um or even better figure out how to make it server render um and uh and yeah so that's that's the only place where or or like the primary place where you have to think about um both the client and the server
0: as the elder gray hair on the podcast episode today (laughs) remembering the days of static HTML and, and CSS and VB6 for some functionality, and then integrating things like jQuery and up into Knockout and Angular JS and React and and latest Angular and Vue, and it, it seems like more and more there there's there's even more progression of JavaScript ecosystem these days and it seems like we're ready for that next wave or that next iteration or or maybe even the next generation of javascript frameworks is is that what we're looking at here with remix is is remix the next iteration the next wave of functionality
2: being delivered i mean I'm obviously biased uh, I'm, of course i'm going to say yes, um but let me give some evidence of that um and, and i I should also say that like I had a really great career as a full time teacher and everything was going great, and I decided to to stop doing that to do remix um and so um i I wouldn't have done that if i didn't think that remix wasn't going to be amazing um so yes, I think that absolutely what we 're seeing here is the next generation uh what's interesting is that it it really kind of is just a mix of the old stuff. Um, and I, I found the longer I'm in software, the more I, I realize that like we had everything figured out um, in like the sixties and seventies and eighties. So, like <laughs> we just keep on looping back to what they were doing back then. Um like some of the, the really older um, the concepts of programming concepts is pretty wild, but um, yeah, so we're, we're bringing back the, the simple mental model of building um, the web. Like, Browsers are pretty dang good at um, navigating to links and uh, submitting forms and all of that stuff. And all of that works. Uh, And progressive enhancement was a great idea. Um, Using JavaScript to enhance the experience, not enable the experience. Um, Now, of course, there are some applications that um, you would have a really hard time making work without client-side JavaScript. Uh, Figma is an example that people always bring up. Like, how do you do a design tool without JavaScript? Uh, turns out you actually can. It is possible. Um, we have a community member named Jenna who built a Figma without client-side JavaScript. Of course, it didn't do all the things that Figma does, but like she had like you know the circle and square, and she like could control their x and y position all without JavaScript. It was pretty wild. Um, but um. Uh, uh, what the the real key even in that environment even with the uh, something that's like well this requires client side javascript even with that um you can still take advantage of the simple mental model like y- you still get um just this um really easy i don't have to think about state management i literally just say uh, the user moved this circle over here and we fire off a post and things get revalidated and I don't have to think about um, all of that, uh, managing all of that state, and like, oh, that post uh, failed for some reason. I don't have to think about rolling back. That's gonna um, that's gonna happen automatically thanks to the way that that the web mental model works. Um, so yeah, we we have time to start doing optimistic UI and stuff because it um, it's easier to uh, finish our app in the first place, and then also easier to uh, to implement optimistic UI because we're not managing that. Um, basically effectively a cache of the server-side state. Um, so, yeah, I think that w- what we're looking at is the next generation thing. Um, in addition to all of that, like I said, we're we're bringing everybody with us. This isn't just a React framework that is like, all right, everybody, j- you got to jump on board the React train because this is where we're at. Um, re- we are currently, like it started out as a, a remake or a uh, React router thing. It's just like an evolution of React router. Um, but we are, um, we've got this blog post called remixing react router, uh, which actually could also be titled unreacting react router, um, (laughs) because we're basically just taking react router and taking all the react stuff out of it. And, um, and then any other framework can, uh, and, and react router will basically, basically be an adapter for remix router. And then you can build an adapter for anything else. And it'll be like, I don't know, a hundred lines of code. Maybe a couple hundred lines of code as an adapter, um, and so then all of a sudden, like we've got somebody who has already published a, a view Remix Router um, or Remix Router View. I don't remember what the package is called. Uh, it's based on you know pre-release stuff, um, but it, that's coming soon. Uh, another person has um, uh, tweeted their experimentation with an Angular router uh, with a Remix Router, um, and so yeah, we're bringing everybody else along with us. Uh, into this next generation of building for the web. And I'm pretty stoked about it. And so that,
3: that just allows you to use Angular, React, Vue, any of those things for building that client up because that's you're comfortable with the packages and the components and those things in, in yeah, that yeah. range. But Remix is coming along and still providing all of the that backend that you're talking about.
2: Yeah, yeah, management of the, the network tab, exactly. Um, And so, like, and the other thing, too, is, like, some people are like, I don't want to have a server. I kind of like my whole CDN. to just, like, drag-drop these files on the CDN thing. Um, And that's actually, that's fine because, uh, I mean, it's you're not going to get the DX and the UX that you can get out of having a real server and server rendering and everything. Like, there's, you know... We've gotten used to this idea of loading spinners everywhere and then things popping into place, um, which I think is a shame because that is not a good user experience. But like, if that's just your constraints that you live in, you cannot have a server, or like we will not deploy Node or whatever, um, then, uh, then yeah, that, like, because we are bringing all of these nice features from Remix into React Router and then making it framework agnostic, yeah, you can totally have a lot of the really awesome DX um, you just have to kind of manually wire things up. But, uh, the other thing that I'll mention is if you are in that camp of like, we will not deploy node that is not happening at this company uh, of which there are a, a surprising many, um, uh, nah, probably fewer than you think though. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, Remix does run in, um, in any like JavaScript environment that I'm aware of, um, that supports request response. And so, um we already run in conflare um we run on fastly um we run on um on dino and uh, uh for a lot of the companies that are like wow we we're not going to deploy to node um they actually run on akamai and akamai has this thing called edge workers so yeah you can absolutely deploy remix um in in pretty much any of those environments that, that you can imagine so so even in that case you can uh, still get your uh your really nice user experience uh on top of that and there there are a lot of benefits to deploying um and having it be like server rendered um and everything like that Uh, and and the world that we live in now makes management of those servers um a non-issue um for most people because like the infrastructure we've got now is so good
1: if we were to go crazy could you run remix inside like a web worker in the browser
2: um, you might be able to, um, uh, we are thinking about, um, remix running inside of a service worker. And uh, what would be really cool there is, uh, then you can uh, keep track of all the requests that you get. And if you go offline, you just like queue those up. And then when we go back online, you just like fire them all off. Um, and so like the offline, uh, and I don't. I don't know if there's anything you'd uh, need from Remix to be able to implement that yourself. I think we probably have everything in place for that to work. Um, and so, yeah, that would be a really awesome experiment if, if, experiment if anybody wanted to work on that. Um, so, yeah, like an offline uh, experience um, is really good. Like the the experience of Remix on a, a slow network already is amazing um, because the um, the optimistic UI that you can implement. Um, Uh, It's just really good. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure offline is going to be really good. And we also are working on uh, real-time stuff as well. So if you wanted to build a a chat app like uh, Discord, for example, um, would be really well served by some of the ideas that we've got for um, pretty soon, actually, uh, for what we have coming to Remix as well.
3: Could you talk a little bit more about Optimistic UI? You've mentioned it a couple of times. Could you just explain that?
2: Yeah, sure. So, um, if you're on twitter.com and you're on a bad internet connection or something, you see a tweet that you like, um, and you hit the like button, uh, it's going to take some time for that like to actually happen. Um, and so, uh, Twitter decided that like maybe 99.9% of the time that like is going to work, like things are going to work out. Okay. So we're going to just show the heart as red, even though it's not actually done. Um, and then if that tweet actually was deleted between the time it, they displayed it to you and it actually, um, you favorited the tweet, then, um, the response is going to come back and, and, uh, say, Hey, like, sorry, this tweet was deleted. And so they've got to roll back their, their optimistic, um, change. So they optimistically said, Hey, you favorited this tweet. Um, and then their optimism was misplaced <laughs> because it didn't actually work. Uh, and so they need to show an error message and, and roll back all the UI changes that were made. Um, so that's the idea of Optimistic UI. Um, I've implemented it in Backbone, Angular, React, uh, in various flavors. And um, yeah, it's, the, the easy part is making the UI update. You literally just like set some state, whatever. That's nice and easy. But when the error comes back, how do you roll back? That's the hard part. And because Remix is managing state for you, you don't have to do that part. It just uh, magically rolls back, and it's not even all that magic. Uh, you like it's it's pretty simple. Basically, uh, you get your data for what you display from uh, a hook that we provide called use loader data. And that's just whatever you return from uh, the response from your loader. That's what you get in there. Um, you make a a request uh, via the form API um, that Remix exposes. So, like you have a, a form that's around the the heart. uh, uh, the tweet, they click on that. That's a form submission that, that heart actually, that tweet is actually going to be a submit button, um, just styled to look like a little favorite heart. And, um, and so that, um, that form submission will go, uh, you can say in your code, you say, if there's a submission going on, um, because for this particular form, then I'm going to display, um, this heart is favorited or, or is, is red. Um, and so like you're you're saying instead of showing what the data from use loader data says this heart should be, I'm gonna show what it's going to be uh based on what this form submission says it's going to be. Um and so then if that fails because the tweet was deleted, then um it'll return whatever the error message was. And so we have another hook called use action data uh where you can say, oh, there was an error. Okay, let me display the little banner thing or whatever that says, hey, this tweet was deleted. Um and then again, you don't have to reset any state or anything because when that error happens, there's no longer a form submission going on. And so uh, Remix will go and revalidate all of the data. uh, And now instead of saying, uh, hey, let's show the heart as red because that's what the form submission says, you don't have a form submission. So it'll fall back to the default, which will be whatever the data is. And so that's why you don't have to worry about uh, managing rollback because you just fall back to what the, the reality of the situation is. And so you'll only show the Optimistic UI when the form submission is going, and, um, and then you default back to what the actual data is. So anyway, that's a little walkthrough of how to implement Optimistic UI <laughs> in Remix.
0: So how might we get started with Remix? Coming from something like Angular, React, or, or Vue, is there something like a Create Remix app? that we can get started with and why might we choose remix instead of one of the other frameworks and, and how, how do we get started quickly and easily?
2: So, yeah, before I get too far into this, I just want to make sure to establish like it's important when you're evaluating a a, a framework or like what technology to use that you should be, unless you are the type of uh, like development work environment where you're constantly churning out new app ideas and stuff like every day is a new app. Um, you should probably be optimizing for um changeability um and ma- long long term maintenance because you're going to spend way more time maintaining existing apps than you spend um working on uh like making new apps um and so with remix we we started out with um okay let's make sure that this uh, the developer experience and the user experience are, are awesome um, for existing apps, and then we'll work backwards to, um, or it's not backwards, it's forwards, uh, but like what <laughs> it seems to be backwards for a lot of things and make it really easy to get started. Uh, and I'm happy to say that now it is actually really easy to get started uh, with uh, with what we have here. So um, anyway, I just wanted to establish that first. Um, you asked me two questions, one about like, why would somebody choose it and then how to get started. So um, for why somebody would choose Remix, um, I think uh, the primary reason is because the developer experience is amazing, um, and the user experience is second to none. So, like the the user experience, um, we have uh, basically uh, we took a Next.js app uh, that is there because uh, this is like a super common question. People are like, "Well, Next.js has um, got a whole big company that has billions in valuation, and and they've been working on it for years, and and the React team says use something like Next and whatever." Um, and so like people would ask us, well, what about next? And so um, next has this e-commerce demo. That's like, if you're going to build, build an e-commerce store with next, here's how you do it. And, like this is by the Vercel team, like follow our example sort of thing. So um, like basically n- nobody could do better. Um, um, and so we took that and we um, both migrated it to Remix and then completely rebuilt it from scratch in Remix. Um and then we analyze the results uh from a user experience standpoint and a developer experience standpoint. And you can uh link to the blog post, but the TLDR is remix is better in every way. Um <laughs> so the, the like from a user experience standpoint, we load way faster. Um we have fewer bugs. Um we like even when you're like clicking on the quantity there are like and, and there's an error or something, like a um net next doesn't handle that very well and remix uh handles that like a champ without even thinking about it um and then as far as like the developer experience um what they do in like uh i'm looking for it now where is this i'm looking at the um the blog post right now there's a section here where we're talking about the amount of um of uh code that it takes to interact with the shopify api um and in um In the example, or in the Next.js example, that's like over uh, almost eight thousand lines of code, Uh, and in the Remix example, that's six hundred and eight lines of code. Um, So, like, I think that says something um, about the developer experience. So, um, yeah, like, if if you are working on a web product um, or like something that's on the web, and you want to have high developer productivity and really great user experience. I can't think of a single thing that would serve you better than Remix. Um, and so that's why I joined the team. I was like, well, this is it. I, I found it, uh, here it is. Um, I realized that like I, I speak from a, a position of bias, but if you're worried about that, go check out my talks before I was thinking about joining the team uh, back in September because I was nuts about Remix back then too. But uh, but yeah, we don't have... like. Uh, official revenue stream yet or anything. Um, we have a lot of really good ideas of ways that we can uh, turn this into profitable business. And all three of us co-founders have, um, have, like made businesses that made a bunch of money too. Um, and so we can make successful business. Um, and, uh, and Remix has already got hundreds of contributors, um, to the project as well. So it's not like I don't think that you are making a big gamble going with Remix uh, in that department. Okay, so getting to the other question of like how to get started, uh, yes, we do have a create-remix script uh, thing that you can run, npx-create-remix. And and that will invite you to choose like just the basics and you can choose between just like a regular Express server or uh, Cloudflare or deploying to like Vercel or Netlify or uh, these various other uh, platforms uh and they use their uh, different adapters for those platforms uh, or you can y- choose what we call a stack and that is a entire uh, project that has pre um like cypress for testing um and, and like other like unit testing typescript um the uh tailwind for css uh deployment uh build scripts like all of, all of the things that you need for an app it, it already has uh, a data model and a database configured for you and um, your, like, an ORM uh, with Prisma, um, authentic user authentication built in, like, all of the things that you need uh, for, uh, for that. And we have uh, three official stacks that are, um, they're all named after music subgenres. So we've got the indie stack, the Blue stack, and the grunge stack um, for deploying to fly.io or uh, AWS, uh, deploying with Postgres or SQLite or DynamoDB. Um, And so, yeah, we've got those official ones, but then there are also like dozens and dozens of community stacks already as well. Um, So uh, as far as like getting up and going and you're just learning it, we have um, two really um, um, in-depth, basically workshop-like tutorials that you can uh, follow along. Um, One that should take like a half hour to, to an hour to go through, that's the blog tutorial. And then the other one that, could take like an entire day uh, to go through. That's like really in-depth, implements authentication from scratch and all of that stuff. So um, so yeah, uh, it's my job to make the experience of getting started with Remix really good. And if it's not, uh, then it's my fault. Let me know and I'll try to make it better. <laughs>
0: So you mentioned that this came about as a result of the the work of your other co-founders as well, building on their years of experience uh, as a result of the pandemic kind of shuttering their their in-person training business. What is the, the business model for Remix? There's a lot of discussion about open source sustainability, and you'd mentioned also early on that there was a preview that required licensing, a paid license is that still the, the the business model for Remix or, or how can the community support Remix and, and look to contribute and, and utilize the tooling?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah. And we, we've got a lot of examples. We have a couple examples of open source based um, uh, companies that um, have made it and worked out well, but we've got a lot of examples where that didn't work out very well. And so it's a, a very good question. Um Yeah. So we for for some um, open source projects, especially recently, uh, the plan is to just get a ton of users and then get acquired (laughs) by somebody else. (laughs) Um, And and actually, that's not a terrible approach, because like, let's say that uh, you've got a company that invests heavily into a framework uh by be becoming users, um not actually monetarily, and they're very interested in that framework continuing to be well supported in things um, from a financial you know whatever their other business model is uh, and so uh, to ensure that the project is um, and continues to grow and, and support them. Uh, they just hire the team and say keep working on it we just don't want you to get distracted by a business model. <laughs> uh, and so that that is a legitimate like thing that's on our minds to so be like hey sure be cool to be acquired so we don't have to think about making money anymore. Um but uh but yeah given that that doesn't always happen um we definitely have plans um we could go in originally we were planning on doing something like deployment um like s- similar to Vercel like they've got their next js and whatever. Um, None of us felt really great about that because we're making all these friends with deploying uh, targets, like uh, because we want Remix to be to be able to deploy everywhere. And it's like we're making all these friends, and then we're going to stab them in the back later. Like it just didn't didn't sit well with us. So we're probably not going to do that. Plans change, of course, but that's probably not what we're going to end up doing. Um, but we also have uh, the option to uh, build services and things like uh, Remix images and uh, Remix analytics and um, the remix web vitals um uh, like performance or production and performance monitoring and stuff like that um and so just a lot of different services that integrate tightly with remix um especially well uh, and so that is another option we could also put together a mar- marketplace that enables other people to do this uh, uh, where they can build their own services and then uh, we just have some sort of um Michael doesn't like calling th- things plugins, um, but it's effectively a plugin sort of thing, like a, a WordPress um, sort of thing. Uh, so that, that's another option. Uh, but like I said, we're all successful business owners, um, and so I, I'm not too concerned about us being successful with that. And the interesting thing is, uh, I w- this was unexpected for me, but our VCs are like, we don't care about how you make money right now, uh, and we don't want you to get distracted by that. Just focus on getting tons of users. And I guess, like in my mind, the logic for that is. It doesn't matter how uh, you make money if you have nobody to sell to. Maybe um, so. Uh, of course, you could also say it doesn't matter how many people you have to sell to if you have nothing to sell them. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I don't know. Like, but um, I figure uh, right now we're we're pretty early on. Uh, we've we've got at least one, maybe two years of runway just on the seed funding that we have, and we could have a pretty substantial uh, Series A as well. Um, and so. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too concerned about it, um, but it, yeah, those are some of the ideas that we're thinking about.
1: What else is there? Is there anything that we haven't mentioned uh, for Remix or uh, some milestones that might be coming up that you would like to let people know about?
2: Uh, sure. So we, we try to avoid talking too much about um, things that haven't shipped yet, um, because sometimes you can not to name names, but like you can announce something and then five years later, it's still not around yet. And <laughs> it's kind of annoying, uh, for everybody involved, or should I say even suspenseful? Um, and so it would be, yeah, we, we try not to do that too much. Um, but we definitely have, uh, things like, uh, uh the real-time stuff that I mentioned earlier, that's coming uh, pretty soon. Um, we're also, uh, the best way to take advantage of React 18 streaming um, and the the uh, suspense for data fetching APIs, we've got uh, this thing called Deferred um, that Ryan demoed in a talk at Reactathon recently. Um, that would just blow people's minds uh, what what you can do. So um, I'll just describe that a little bit because it's kind of in- technically interesting. Um, so let's say that you you're building an e-commerce uh, platform and I navigate to a product page. And these days we're, we're pretty used to like going to that product page and immediately maybe we get the title and like the first picture, and then you've got loading spinners everywhere else. And and that data like shows up later. Um, There are various reasons why things are this way, but um, it is not a great experience for the user to, for that to be the case. And so what would uh, what remix does is it kind of changes the default and it says, we're not even going to that page until we have all the data, uh, to render that page. Um, and so the, um, that way there's not like a bunch of loading spinners all over the place. And if your backend is fast and you're, um, yeah, pretty much just your backend because we can prefetch stuff. Um, so, uh, considering that the, the backend is, is pretty fast then that's not a problem at all. Uh, and it's much better user experience because you don't have things bouncing in um, as they go. But if your backend isn't fast or if there's like something that's computationally expensive or whatever um, to, uh, uh, to load the data or whatever. So we'll use as an example, the um, the reviews and you've got like this big list of reviews and, and all the, their comments and stuff. Uh, Let's say that that piece of data just takes a long time to load. Um, Now you're waiting on that piece of data when the user probably doesn't even care about that yet. Like They're just trying to see the product description and stuff. And so um, you have to make that trade-off between um, do I have spinners all over the place, or do I um, you know, do I wait for a second? And so what what you want to be able to say is like which pieces of data are critical for uh getting over to that page and which pieces am I okay with having a loading state for? And so for the reviews, we're okay with having a loading state for that. Uh and so what what this deferred API allows you to do, uh, and it because it takes advantage of remix or, or react 18 streaming uh APIs. Uh, And and the suspense for data fetching um, is it allows you in your loader to say, here are the pieces of data that I need um, for this page. And on a a per uh, key in that object, on a per key basis, you can say this one I want to wait for and this one I don't. And um, basically it comes down to whether or not um, that uh, the thing that you provide as a key in that object is a promise. If it's a promise, then we're not going to wait for it. If it's not, then you probably are already waited for it by now, uh, right? We couldn't return the object if you didn't wait for it. Um, and so uh, what's really, really cool about this is that, uh, and, and that's, like, that's literally all the code change to like, determining whether you want to wait for it or not, is whether uh, you add an await keyword, basically. So did you await for this? Then great, we're going to wait for it because that's how JavaScript works. Um, are you giving me a promise? Then great. We're not going to wait for it and we'll let it stream in as it comes. And so, um, this works for, from a server rendering perspective. So if you land on the product page, we'll have everything server rendered except for that piece. And it'll come in when it's ready, um, as well as client transitions. So you transition over there and boom, we have everything that's fast or whatever, all the critical stuff. And then we'll, um, we'll loading spinner the other thing. Um, so this is, uh, really cool because um, because it ends up just being basically in a wait keyword or whether you just wait for the promise, that means that you can um, completely change what you do based on anything at all. So um, based on this user, we're going to have them wait for this promise. Uh, based on this AB bucket uh this feature flag that we've got we're going to have them wait and we're going to just see like which one has a better return whatever um and like that's literally just like an if statement um in your code like it couldn't be easier to move that lever and that's something that remix does a, uh we focus a lot on is levers and making it so that like we don't pre- the reason that I can say that remix is really well suited for every job is that um Remix's base foundation is the web platform. And then we just uh, embrace the fact that there are different trade-offs that we're all dealing with. Like um, you, you can't use a hammer for every single job. You need screwdrivers sometimes. And Remix is, acknowledges that. And it, it just says, we know that there are all of these trade-offs. We're just going to give you all of the levers you need to, to switch to uh, handle the trade-offs that you need. And so um, by giving you something as simple as whether or not you use the await keyword, we're able to do that for this particular case.
3: Earlier, you had talked about how to get started. For our listeners who are interested in getting started with Remix, is there resources that you would point them to and what might those resources be? And then for listeners who maybe want to get started in helping support, is there uh, other places for you to direct
2: them to say, how can we contribute? Um, I actually just released an Egghead course. Um, I don't get paid for this, uh, for that one, by the way, and it is free, um, but, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, so that that course on Egghead it goes through the blog tutorial in addition to all the homework stuff that I put at the end. So we, we talk about um, integrating authentication and stuff in addition to all the other things that are in the blog tutorial. Uh, so it's like an hour and 20 minutes. Um, and if anybody's not been through Egghead before, uh, talk to somebody who has, and you'll know that like an hour and 20 minutes of an egghead course is like a crazy amount of material. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot in there. Um, so uh, there's, there's that. Um, the tutorial for both the blog tutorial as well as the jokes app tutorial are quite good. Um, we definitely want to invite you to come to our, our Discord community. We are working very hard to make that a friendly place where people want to hang out and it's a good and nice place. Um, And I feel like we're succeeding so far. So if you're just getting started, it's a good place to to get some help and stuff. We also have an active GitHub discussions um, um, area as well. Um, So if you want to get involved um, in that on GitHub. Um, And then we have RemixConf, which is an exciting thing. Um, And so we just barely had it two weeks ago. It's already scheduled for um, May of next year. We don't have the dates solidified yet, but we've got sponsors already and the tickets are on sale um, right now as well. Um, there's like a 30% discount because you're like a crazy early bird if you get them now. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's, so that's May next year. Um, and yeah, as far as like contributing and stuff, we um, are super into getting contributions. Uh, a big help we could use right now is triaging the issues and, and uh, pull requests and stuff like reproducing issues that people say, uh, exist and stuff. Um, and just like answering questions like that helps an enormous amount, um, because remix has grown outrageously fast. Um, I, I'm not, um, um, uh, this is not hyperbole for me to say that there has never been any framework that has grown nearly as fast as remix has in the history of the web. Um, it is growing at an outrageous pace. And so we absolutely need help, um, managing that. Um, and so, yeah, if anybody wants to contribute by answering people's questions, whether it be in discord or stack overflow or GitHub, that helps a ton, um, writing blog posts, um, you know, SEO friendly stuff. Cause discord is not a great place to, to find stuff, uh, when you have questions. So that helps a lot or YouTube videos. Um, uh, and then actually contributing decor, um, that's a, a bit more of an involved thing. Of course, like that involves our time and we need to like evaluate stuff and whatever, uh, but we are more than happy to accept those sorts of contributions and things. Um, so, yeah, just look at our issues. Um, and uh, and once we say, yeah, we we want to do that, then uh, you can start implementing that. Um, and we've, yeah, we're, we're definitely 100% open source. All three of us have been doing open source for a long time. I created a testing library, uh, and that's used by... Um, I don't know, I should probably double check, but I think it's something like six uh, or maybe more uh, in 10 uh, React apps in the world. Uh, React router is used by seven in 10 React apps in the world. So like we're used to um, building really, really big open source communities and projects um, and would love your help doing that.
1: Awesome. What has been helpful in your career that you might share with
2: those just getting started or those looking to level up their own careers? Yeah, that's, open source has helped a lot, actually, <laughs> just coming off of that, uh, talking about that. It uh, really has, though, um, honestly. So the benefit of open source is that it's basically an opportunity for you to get exposed to... Well, here, first, let me tee this up. Um, the way that you get experience in uh, anything, but in particular in software, is by having experiences. Um Which does not sound like that's not profound, like of course naturally, um but the way that you get experiences is uh through exposure. you want to have different experiences in fact, uh Scott Hanselman was at uh render a t l uh, along with me, and in his talk, he said something like, uh do you have twenty years of experiences or do you have one year of experience twenty times um and so like you need to have varied experiences um to develop experience in this world. Um, And so uh, open source is a great way to get that. Like if if your company isn't doing that, they're just like throwing use state at you every day and you're just like pounding away at the keyboard for that. Um, That's, you know, I'm sure there are things that you're learning, um, but open source is a great opportunity where you can jump in anywhere. And um, if the, uh, you know, assuming the project maintainers have the time and and things and they're they're responsible maintainers, um, you get basically free code reviews. Um, and so that, that's how I got a lot of my experience. And on top of that, uh, because I was exposed to a lot of different problems, I had to come up with a lot of different solutions. And that process is, um, what helped me a lot. The other secret to, um, how I developed my experience was learning, uh, by teaching. And so I'd volunteer to, to give a talk at, um, at work for lunch or something. Um, or I would, um, give a talk at a meetup or, um, when I realized that conferences would pay for your flight and a hotel and your ticket to go to a conference, I was like, snap. And I started uh, volunteering to speak at conferences so that I could go to conferences for free. Um, and, uh, and all of that uh, became a forcing function for me to really understand my stuff. Uh, and then I started doing workshops and an even deeper level. I have to understand this stuff. Um, and so, those are some of the tips that I would give to anybody who wants to really get good at this stuff. Is, uh, dive deep by teaching and getting involved in open source.
3: Where can our listeners go to follow you and keep up with what you're working on?
2: So you can go to Kentcdods.com and you'll find links to all of the things that I'm on uh, there. Uh, and you can, like, I even made a, a little video to introduce myself to you so you can uh, get to know me a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, I've got uh, 190 blog posts on there right now too. So lots of really good stuff. And, and four seasons of a podcast uh, and also that, that call-in podcast that I talked about earlier. Uh, so you can ask me questions there. Uh, and then I'm on uh, all the socials at Kent C. Dodds.
0: All right, Kent, thanks so much for joining us. I uh, want to be respectful of your time and, and say thanks again. Let you get back to your family and do awesome work in the community.
2: Thank you all. I really appreciate you letting me chat here. That was Kent
1: C. Dodds. Kent is a Remix co-founder, JavaScript engineer, and teacher. He's also active in the open-source community. He likes his family, JavaScript, and Remix. If you like this episode, please like, rate, and review on iTunes.
0: Find show notes, blog posts, and more at sixfiguredev.com.
3: And catch us live each week on Twitch. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at sixfiguredev. Dev.
0: This has been another episode of the Six Figure Developer Podcast, helping others reach their potential. I'm John Calloway.
3: I'm Clayton Hunt. And I'm John Ash.